This is Tony Fleece, artist of My Little Pony and whatnot. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Woohoo! <laughs> Very nice. We get two woohoos for the price of one this week. Thank you, Tony. Double the woo. Double the woo. True. Double the woo. Nice. What's up, boys? Hi. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hi. You have to be surprised. surprised. Finger hurts. Finger hurts. be quiet. Cousin Oliver. My kids are just starting to watch The Brady Bunch. Oh, snap. And they think it's the strangest show ever, but they're, like, mesmerized. Wait until, wait until Dad gets the, gets the perm. I may be getting a lot of hate mail for this, but I always thought pretty much it was Straight up. You're gonna get hate mail. Hey, bitch. I thought that was jank. I, I, I was so glad that I was, I had that my, I was a TV watcher the generation after and pretty much Yeah. I think even, even my wife and her college friends were huge Brady fans. What? I never really got it, but uh, yeah, there's a whole uh, that like Young and the Restless, yeah, Brady Bunch and Young and the Restless. Well, that's a legitimate. My <laughs> R, dude. Yeah, one of our best friends that lives one of, in my neighborhood was was one of the head writers for Line R for years. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's so familiar with it, he short uh, hands the title Y and R. Brady Bunch is my wife's favorite show. Like ever, you know, every day. We already know because she married you that she's got some odd proclivities. So yeah, my favorite family show was the Adams Family. That's the one I loved. Loved Dude, that. Nothing show. begins and ends with the Cosby Show. Oh please, the Cosby Show was good. Don't mess with. Don't you mess with the Cos. I like Bill Cosby. I just that show just didn't do anything for what? me. What? Yeah, yeah. You're messed up. He's awesome. The rest of it, eh, take, take it or leave it. I am bewildered. You should be. I think we ate up enough time, yes? Yeah, I think so. It's let's been let's drag this sucker in. Zapper or something this week? No, no. Killing joke this week. We Hello, everybody. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 265, and I am Vince B. Mm-hmm. That was Tony Fleeks, right? Yes, it was. The great Tony Fleeks. Um, and I'm Christopher Neesman. And I'm David Price. And I'm Adrian Toomes. <laughs> You're not Adrian Toomes. You gotta step it up. Let's get a little lively here. You are not Adrian Toomes, Jason. You, no, you are Jason Wood, everybody. <laughs> We're a little rusty here. Yes, we are rusty. A week. We, a nervous. We do have a guest lurking <laughs> in the shadows, it's... wiping the tears from his pretty little eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Crying at us all the way from the Midwest. Yes. He is it's a man. It's not the Midwest. It's oh, my Eastern God. Yeah, you're shitting all over him. Sorry about that, everybody. You've you, given up your Midwestern rights. You know, he's he's a man Have you met Chris? who possesses the uncanny mutant ability to take a perfectly good compliment and twist it around on its head until it's an insult. He said so himself. <laughs> so he'll no doubt leave this experience feeling like King Dookie. Uh, he, he's drawn Marvel characters from red to green and everything in between. You got Deadpool, She-Hulk, X-23, Hercules, Fantastic Four, and more. Currently working with Dapper Dan Slot on the Superior Spider-Man, it's Ryan Stegman. Hello. How about that intro? I love Hello. you. Yeah, that was awesome. That's because that you are. I, did you write that out beforehand? I sure you? did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm prepared. This is the note taker. I know. 
So what's welcome, up? Ryan, welcome. Mm, thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> you sound elated. I feel like yeah, I'm right. at a funeral. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. We come up to Barry, Ryan. Maybe it's crazy. for the show. It's a funeral for our show. I know that voice. That is that is the artist voice as he's actually he's drawing something and and it's the 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 split um he, he's splitting his concentration. So Ryan, what are you drawing? What are you working that on? Exactly. I was just th- I just set it aside because I was like, <laughs> I've got to not do that. I'm just playing a page of this uh, issue 17 of Superior Spider-Man. Geez, 17 already? Well, he's, he's got to work in advance. Yeah, we're way like issue nine just came out, but I'm. I was going to say I, I just read issue. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Issue well, nine was awesome, by the way. I didn't realize you were that far in advance, though, dude. That's well. That's... I, I mean, we have three guys drawing the book, so uh, and I go. I, I'm going far ahead to get um, to get some issues, like so that I can do kind of a few more in a row than just so. one or two. Nice. Okay. I'm not, I'm not as fast as the other guys. Well, Vince, when, whenever whenever issue seventeen comes out, where will we be able to buy it from? Well, you know where you can buy it. You can buy it from the Superior Comic Book Service. Actually, they're called Discount Comic Book Service, and they're our sponsors. You can find them at DCBService.com. They have monthly specials. Get a load of this, suckers, from Dark Horse. You can get the best of Milligan and McCarthy hardcover at the special discount of 50% off. It is, of course, Peter Milligan, Brendan McCarthy, their work for 2000 AD and Strange Days and Vanguard Illustrated. There's even some Vertigo stuff in there. Uh, cover price on this tome is $24.99. You can get it for $12.49. From IDW, it is one of my favorite properties, The Dinosaurs Attack, miniseries number one. Again, 50% off, cover price $3.99, your price a buck $1.99. And they even pulled uh, Earl Norum into this and Herb Trempe. So it's going to be good Ooh, stuff, and you got to get it. it. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, from Image Comics... The Nowhere Men Trade Paperback, Volume 1, entitled Fates Worse Than Death. It collects six whole issues, Nowhere Men 1 to 6, cover price, a paltry $9.99. Image always does that with the first trades of their their series. But you are going to pay what? $4.99. Yeah, you are. Unheard of. It it is. It's freaking ridiculous. my Jason Wood impression. I can't hear that. Remember. Digital previews for a dollar and twelve cents. Save a tree, get it dropped right on your iPad or other mobile device, and do your perusing on the go. Remember the code to get you an extra eight percent off your already massively discounted order. If and only if you are a first-time customer, David. What is that code? That code is EOC eight. Oh, he's so good at that. EOC eight. Remember that. 8% additional discount, and late orders and additions are always welcome. I made a few of those myself this week. I added some more hardcover collections to my <laughs> my, yeah, my massive order for this month uh, because Lieber. Indestructible Hulk came out this week, and I said, damn, got to have it. Put it on my order. So there you go, dcbservice.com. They are the best. All right, awesome. let's, uh, let's rip through this uh, drink roll call quickly so we can chit-chat with Ryan. Uh, Vince, what are you drinking this evening? I'm not drinking Peppy Mac. 
Really? Yeah, I'm drinking Diet drinking Right. Water. Diet yeah. Right. Diet Right. Oh, God. Was, was your store at a tab? No. <sighs> no, Di- I'm not going to give them any more airtime. Diet Right soda. is awesome when it's extremely cold. Ugh. It has to be like freezing cold, and the soda is like liquid gr- nitrogen. Like to the point where you got the little tiny icebergs floating in it, that's when it's the best. It's well, e- just tell me if I should ask you. Do I need to move on? Uh. Well, I don't know. You have to. It's like it's like it's like Russian roulette, dude. Do you feel lucky? I don't know. We have a guest tonight. I'll take door number three, Monty. Guest that Jason will will let his hair down a little bit. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna trust in you, son. Yeah. And I'm gonna ask you what you're drinking tonight. If 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 this was let's make let's make a deal, you would be getting the the big prize. Nice. Since Ryan is here, I am allowing myself a little imbibation. I am having. uh, I'm drinking a Pinot Noir. Uh, from uh, the Brego, it's it's Brego Anderson Valley Pinot Noir. Um, it's California, uh, little vineyard from California, and um, it's freaking delicious. So they'll the, understand that is if you tell me how much the bottle cost. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't. I mean, my wife buys most of the wine, so but if I'm not mistaken, it's somewhere around forty five dollars. Nice for a bottle of wine. Yes, but it's freaking delicious, and I would (laughs) highly recommend it if you feel like spending a little more for a bottle every now and then. This one, I can say, it's the bomb. So, at uh, actually, at a restaurant that we enjoy going to, and as anybody that goes to restaurants and orders wine knows, they jack up the prices Mm -hmm. like three, four times. So, um, we were out with uh, actually my in-laws, and uh, my father-in-law was picking up the tab. So he ordered this particular bottle, and we got friendly with the waiter. And I said, "Can he? Can I get this around here?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, actually, you can get this." And uh, so, long story short, we bought a couple bottles, and it's freaking ridiculous. Nice. So Chris got the good prize. I got the donkey. You got the donkey. Mm-hmm. You got the donkey. Uh, and Mr. Price, how about you? Uh, since Ryan is here tonight, and we last saw Ryan at C2E2, I am drinking a bottle of Eleven O'clock Porter. Nice. Well, wonderful. So that's where that all went. Oh balls, not even. My God. There was like there was like thirty two bottles left. Yes, and and, and and Jason and I split them. That's it exactly. Damn, well Eric did a nice job with that stuff too. He, he did. sure as hell did. I, it was very tasty. Well we'll we'll save we'll save uh um Ryan's for last. Um but in honor of Ryan, because he is, as we uh, as we mentioned it, a Michigander, so I am drinking from Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, the Arcadia Ales Sky High Rye, which is their rye pale ale, and it is absolutely wonderful. It's a, it is definitely a uh, a pale ale, but it has uh, that wonderful kind of rye spiciness to it. So it uh, it is a, a yummy, yummy rye ale. So, uh, Mr. Stegman, how about you? Well, I am drinking Pinot Grigio. It was like fifteen bucks. <laughs> nice. There you go. You overpaid nice. for it. My wife, yeah, my wife, would say you overpaid. Well, we. I went out to a rest a brewery tonight to eat dinner, and I was supposed mm-hmm. to pick up a growler, and I forgot to on the way out. So, oh, that was the plan. What brewery? Uh, it's just a local restaurant slash brewery. I don't even think they. I don't think they distribute what they make uh, outside of the restaurant. Michigan is a silly, awesome, uh, just home to 
some of the some of the best uh, craft brewers in the country. There's so much good beer coming out of Michigan. Yeah, we've got. Uh, have you had shorts? No, no. Oh, shorts like the soft parade and all that stuff. It's really good. Wow. No, I, I, I think I've had you know a lot of Arcadia, New Holland, and Bell's. Is, Bell's yeah. Their stuff. Bell's is fantastic, and yeah. I mean, you can just go go on and on. There's there's some fantastic uh, brewers in in uh, in Michigan. So it's one of the good things coming out of Michigan. Not not your hockey, which uh, you know your your wings are are still tied with my Blackhawks right now. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll update as we as we move along tonight. Well, oh, that they're playing tonight. I don't. I don't follow hockey, unfortunately. Oh, you're, you're allowed the, to talk baseball. You and you and Ryan, you and Ryan Brown are, are big uh, Tigers fans, though, right? Yeah, we can't. We can't. If I had if I had known that they both were, I knew Ryan Stegman was a big Tigers fan. But if I had known that Brown was too, there's no way I would have let them both on my panel. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, hey, you want you want to start there with? Um, uh, the Kickstarter panel because that's been one of uh, one of the really cool things that Ryan's been involved with in the last year is is being one of the uh, one of the big Kickstarter success stories in in comics. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, I, I I don't know. What do you want to say about it? We we do you want to? Uh, I mean, I think most of our listeners are well aware of uh, of Ryan's Kickstarter because I imagine they probably backed it. But do you guys are you um are you guys planning on doing another one? We I, planning. Planning in the sense that we've talked about it, like we okay. we know what we want to do and we know how to do more. But um, you know, it's a, the second one would be a bigger time commitment because it would be it would deal with anatomy. Okay, uh, um. and so uh, i I have to have I have to actually have time off. I can't do that one on the side because it'll be too involved. So the plan is there. It's just we aren't doing it yet. Matt's doing yeah. some other ones. I think. I'm not sure if he's announced which ones he's doing. I think he has, but I'm not going to say just in case. But uh, mm-hmm. he's another one right now that's not comic book related because he he did I draw cars first, right. and then I draw comics, and now he has a he has another one that that he's working on that's pretty cool. So, but yeah, no, in the future we will do another one. I was going to say as long as it doesn't get too extended, like where you're coming up with like I draw balls and shaft, like that's when you probably, <laughs> probably have chasm. No, that's, Chris would like, buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, draw, I draw taint. <laughs> this is the only reason I, I'm considering doing another one is just because while I was working on this one, I was like, "Oh man, I could go so much more in depth on uh, the you know when I was doing the the um, the proportion stuff, I could have gone on all day about anatomy and everything, but I I just you know there wasn't enough room in that that book is more of a uh, beginner's type thing, and you know so I realized that we could definitely do another one, but you know it won't be silly. <laughs> Nice. There cool. might be some balls in it, though. Yeah. Nice. We so, uh, nothing else. Why don't you tell us about the journey of of the Ryan Stegman? I mean, how did you get to this point? Um. Well, spending a lot of uh, hours working in a room. Uh, first, first in my parents' basement, then to my first apartment, uh, and now in my in my basement. In your palace. Um, yeah, a palace basement where I uh, I basically just um, it, it's funny because people that follow comics it looks like something probably something entirely different but to me it's just uh, I've just been continually working and getting getting different things and it's funny because uh, the people around me that are around me on a day to day basis aren't comic people so they don't 
ever really understand when something big is happening. So uh, it never really seems like anything. Uh, but the uh, yeah the, the like the Spider-Man thing and all that. Um, I don't know. It just kind of grown out of out of constant work. I think. What well, what was your what was your first big break? Um, I did the, I did a um, a uh, five issue series for Marcosia Comics called uh-huh. uh, Midnight Kiss, um, and then I kind of parlayed that into Dable Brothers work. I was I was gonna yeah. say was I I remember was it like the two thousand six like Wizard World Chicago I think we we met. It may have been New York actually. Was it was it New York? I think so. I think that while I was waiting to meet you, uh, uh, Gary That's Coleman was there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I got to meet Gary Coleman. It was it, that was awesome. I just like hung out with Gary Coleman for a while. Was, was it that dead. the show that we met? Yeah, he's yeah, not. Yeah. No. Well, it must have been, been nice seeing us uh, talking to somebody and actually seeing them eye to eye, right, Chris? Yeah, I was going to say that wow. would have been um, a few years after you started doing stuff with. Uh, because because you start, you were doing Magician Apprentice like back in like 2006. That was the Dable that was the Dable stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that, I'm saying that was before New York Comic. The first New York Comic Con was after that. Like um, the first New York Comic Con was what, 2008. So what was it? No, no, oh no. He's, now he's getting times wrong. He's getting dates wrong. It's just uh, we, we've entered some kind of alternate universe here. I thought I was having a bad week. Yeah, well, you actually you actually donated a. Um, uh, uh, Magician's Apprentice page to uh, our Hero Initiative drive that year. Right. Probably fetched a good five dollars. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really funny because you know who else um, donated uh, a commission that today would and just kind of dropped it. It was eleven by seventeen, awesome drawing of the Hulk, and today would probably fetch a pretty penny. Who was it? Chris Somney. Nice. Ah. Wow! By the way, you guys are right. It's 2006, the first year. Yeah. <laughs> what the F is going on tonight? I don't know. Jesus, it's very scary. But I So, so Ryan, uh, specifically, what, or I guess I should say, who uh, was the uh, instigating factor to get you into comics? Was it John Romita? Were you enamored of Kirby? Like, what artist specifically did you say, "Man, I'd love to do that"? Oh, that's easy. It was Todd McFarlane. Easy, like nice. Yeah. It was. It, it's a strange thing, and I've you know I've told this story before, but not on this podcast, so I can tell it again. The um, correct answer to that, Ryan, was was Stan Lee <laughs> on, on a prior press junket. Ryan yeah. told the story. Um, the all right. So when I was in, um, fit, I was in like fourth grade, I think. Well, I had had comics before, and they. I was really into animation more than comics, but I liked comics. You know, I just didn't really have access to them. Um, for whatever reason, you know, you just you either go to a comic book store or you don't when you're a kid, you know. And um, I, uh, in fourth grade, my friend had um, a Spider-Man issue, and I just was obsessed with it. It was it was Spider-Man and Wolverine and the Wendigo. Oh boy, oh, cool. nice! And, um, just completely enamored with it. Never in my in my head at that age, I don't think I knew that one guy drew the entire issue. You know, like, because I was used to the idea of how animation worked, where there was, like, a guy that drew the figures, and then there was background artists and all that stuff. So 
it didn't really dawn on me that, to look at like who the art, who the artist was. And then, uh, so then I, you know, I was just specifically into those Spider-Man issues that he had. And then, um, we ended up moving away, um, to Michigan because at the time I lived in Pennsylvania for, it was, a, it was a, three, three years of my life. I lived in Pennsylvania. The rest of it was pretty much in Michigan. And, um, so we moved back to Michigan, and then when I I w- wasn't really into him for a while, I was just kind of uh, drawing, and you know I, I was big into art and all that stuff, and doing paintings and everything. And uh, <clears throat> then one day I was at a store, and it just happened to be next to the comic book store, and I went in, and uh, I bought a issue of Spawn just because it looked cool, and I remember a kid in my class wearing the T-shirt. Um, of Spawn, and I was like, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. And, like, I became completely, like, obsessed doesn't even cover it, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. carried it around everywhere with me. <laughs> Slept know, with it. Kind of, you know, yeah, like, at the time, I remember it was, none of my friends were into comics, so uh, I remember taking it to them and being like, can you believe this? Like, this exists, and we're not all going crazy about this all the time. And they were all kind of like, "Yeah, well, you know, whatever." And uh, <laughs> I was kind of in it on my own. But so then, what I did was I I got really into it, uh, and then I was like, "Oh, I want to go see if I can find those old Spider-Man issues." So I asked the guy if he had the one with Wolverine and the Wendigo and any of that run, and he said he did. And I went and looked, and I was like. And I started reading that, and then I was like, no freaking way. This is the same guy. Like, Todd McFarlane is the same guy that I'm obsessed with now that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. Like, I don't know. Like a real aha moment. You just have good taste. Yeah, I just realized at that time, like, I had no idea it was the same guy. But both times, (laughs) it was like he was was desperately trying to pull me in, and I (laughs) I wasn't letting it happen. So... I'm curious, cool. have you ever, I mean, now that you've been in the business for a while, have you ever had a chance to meet Todd? I have not. Uh, you know, that's, I, he's, he doesn't do a whole lot of shows right now. Right, yeah. Well, he was, uh, what the, he was uh, New York? Did they he was in New thing? York because he, the he went to go talk to Capullo. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, had the, they had the image founders all in New York. What was that, yeah. like two, three years ago? That was the, their big deal? I think it was two years ago, right? Because it was, yeah. I didn't go last year, yeah. Yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've seen him from afar, but... I have a tendency, there's a weird thing where anybody that I perceive to be uh, somebody that came, I have no problem talking to people that I, that are like, a, you know, have been in the business the same amount as me, the same amount of time as me, but anybody that's been in a longer than me, I get really nervous about talking to them. <laughs> Did you tell me, I feel like you told me that at C2 this year in relation to someone, was it, uh, was it J. Scott Campbell or was it, no, was that? Yeah, it might have been, or uh, I, I get real, I clam up real bad around um, Olivier Coipel. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, huh. is, it, is, it, is it weird to you now? Because I have a feeling that you are getting exactly that kind of response from from not just fans, but aspiring creators and people that are wanting to get into the business now, that are probably on the verge of being in the business now, and they're like, that's Ryan Stegman. He draws Spider-Man. Well, no, I'm not. You know, in all honesty, I've kind of, uh, I kind of would like to see that happen, but I, I haven't. Let me, let me tell you a story. I was so it was C two E two a couple weeks ago, 
and I'm I'm just walking through Artist Alley, and you. you I mean, everyone's you know heard overheard the conversations that you know buddies have as they're walking you know down the aisles, and it was it was two guys that were um, that were putting together their sketch list, and it's like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna try and get Scotty Young, and you know Mike Norton's over there, and and Ramos is is, is all filled up for today, but uh, uh, but I'm gonna try and get in tomorrow. Oh, and Stegman, yeah, there's just no way he's booked for like the entire weekend. And I was just like, that is so cool. It yeah. was, I don't know if that's true, but that's what they were saying. I'm just like, Ryan has has arrived at that level where he is a go-to guy that, that people are going to shows to, you know, and he's on the list of people that they want to go meet. And it was just like, that is, that is so cool. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's hard to see it for what it is, but... Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's definitely you know, it's gratifying to hear stuff like that, and to do to do well at shows, you know, like definitely. I I was saying to my wife like, um, this show. I won't say I won't say exact numbers except for the old show. Like one time, I remember at a show being like, "Can you believe I made three hundred dollars when I'd like paid my way there?" So the so it was a net loss. <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, just like the idea that people had given me three hundred dollars to do stuff at a show, uh, and now like I complain about you know amounts better than that, you know. Where I, yeah. But like you just you just don't realize while while you're doing it. I I would I would show, show, shows aren't a net loss for you anymore. Is what you're saying? <laughs> they're, not, they're not. They're they're yeah they're a profit now, but <laughs> it's just you, every once in a while you have to stop yourself and be like you are being an idiot. Like, yeah, one well, to, I'd say that. <laughs> I mean, you're you are one of the like you are one of a handful of guys that I think like I view sort of your careers and that I feel like we have seen the entire arc of it because mm-hmm. you know I, I think most of us at least were getting into listening to podcasts pretty much at the outset of comics podcasting and then you know started doing them and then it's like your your career and like you know Norton and Scotty and like it's sort of we've seen you guys if you know Mahmoud like got we've seen you guys go from like the start of your career and really you know hustling it on like smaller books to mm-hmm. like reaching you know arguably you know the top of the heap it's pretty it's 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 definitely fun it's fun to like it's it's I had a I get a real big kick out of like being at a show like C2E2 and seeing you know end caps where there's huge lines for people to sign and I look and one of the lines is yours. One of the lines is Scotty's. It's just you know, it's 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 endearing. It's fun. It's fun to see. You know. But even at the same time, you know, it's like you'll see someone like like Norton. And he's a lot like you. Where I, I've seen him, literally like a little schoolboy. Whenever he met John Romita Senior, and, oh, and, and if I met John Romita Senior, yeah. You know, is so there's still there's still that amazing you know reverence for for the for the guys that and, and gals that that came before you. So you know you're you're one of the, you're one of the people that that you know it's it's really um, it's really cool for me to see that that you stayed you stayed pretty grounded as much of a, a, as a pisser as you are. You yeah. still you still stayed pretty grounded, and you you know I mean you know how the how the industry runs, and so I mean you you have respect for the people that you need to have respect for, which is very cool. Yeah, thanks. Ryan was the uh, first creator that uh, ever mentioned that he listened to our show to me. And it was at New York. I don't really? know if it was 2006 or 2007. It was that year that uh, Paolo was just getting cadence off the ground, and you guys all had 
you were all sitting at the cadence table together doing mm-hmm. $20 sketches. Mm-hmm. And I went up to introduce myself to you and ask you to do a $20 sketch. And then you were like, oh, 11 o'clock comics. Yeah, I listened to your show. And it was like early. Like we had just started the show. And I was baffled that someone actually <laughs> listened to the show. I was like, really? Oh, that's great. You know, I was totally baffled that there was actually somebody that we didn't know like as a, as a personal friend that listened to the show. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, kudos. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you actually did my favorite present that I've ever gotten for Wood. And that that that's, uh, that drawing uh, is hanging in my office in Manhattan. It's uh, oh the the Deadpool one. Yeah, yep. It's oh, sitting yeah on the on the bolt. It yeah. is framed and up on my wall in my uh my office in in Midtown. Well, good. Better than it collecting dust on top of my scanner here. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Ryan, and it, and it may have just been a, a point in your career where you are, but I do have to admit that the framing on that thing cost me more than the actual drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, well, we can we can revisit the cost of it. I think. <laughs> yeah, of course. That that's fine. I'm 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 completely comfortable with what I paid for it. Yeah. You know, while we're talking about drawing, uh, in, in preparation for this, I spread out a bunch of your stuff, and I was pretty amazed. You're almost a chameleon because your style changes, mm-hmm. uh, not so subtly across uh, in between works, like especially the She Hulk's. Stuff. If yeah. you if you look at that and you look at the the Superior Spider Man, much more extensive use of blacks in in this in the Spider Man stuff. Is do you just let the um, style transform as it will, or is it a conscious effort between works to say, you know what, I'm gonna switch it up. Let me see what I can do differently for this project. Or like I said, is it just like a natural progression? Because I have to be honest, I think your Spider-Man stuff is the sweet spot. Yeah. Not, not that I didn't like the other stuff, but what you're doing now, especially issue nine, uh, in particular, that double page spread in the in the mindscape where you have Doc Ock's face up in the oh Jesus! I said I, I looked at that those two pages. I said he nailed it. That is the best Stegman single image yet. Oh, thanks. No, I love it. It's just a fantastic spread. I don't. Well, I don't think the Spidey style would have worked on She-Hulks. I just. What? I mean, I. I really like the She-Hulks look, but I mean, but it's very clean. The She-Hulks you, look. has is obviously Superior Spider-Man. The, the story is a little grittier, darker, and and I, I could see a conscious effort to 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 do a different style that way. But is your have you been have you felt freer or looser now that you're inking yourself, or has does that come into play at all? Um, well, really, what happens is um, I just I'm very uh, antsy about everything, and so I'm constantly. I think I'm just. I I don't mean to do it because I think that it would probably be better to be a little more consistent. But I kind of uh, I will very much just decide that I'm doing everything wrong and want to do it a different way. And uh, <laughs> sure. and it, I guess it, part of it's insecurity, but part of it's just me wanting to be the best best artist that I can be and me getting interested in what somebody else does and how they do it. It's There's a lot of guys that I think are very uh, – and it's like – it's admirable. They're very single-minded in what they think that comic book art should be, but for some reason I'll read like a – Alex Toth thing one day and be like, I want to do something more like that. And, uh, or like, uh, you know, and then I'll go back and look at, uh, 
Joe Madureira thing, and I'm like, I want stuff more like that, you know? And uh, I end up adding it to the work. So I, what I try to do is I, I'm never subtracting, I'm just adding. So along the way, all of a sudden, I'll add something completely new that I wasn't doing before. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just uh, kind of a like a like having a repertoire that um, I uh, can unleash, you know, as I go along. I just I just build the arsenal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, can I make a a request? Yeah. Uh, there's always room for refinement, right? But um, I would like it if you would just stick with this Spider-Man style forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Remain stagnant. Do nothing. More yes, to just keep doing it like this. Be a whore and just keep kicking it out like this. There are a few. There are a few moments in Superior Spider-Man so far where I feel like where I've been able to take a deep breath and say and look at it and say, okay, like that is that is kind that is pretty much what I want my stuff to look like. Yeah. I think that it's always been in in search of that thing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's it's always you're always trying to find it and i and you know when you're not like i felt like the the she hulk stuff was um kind of a people pleaser style mm-hmm. but it wasn't it didn't really say anything about me or who i am or what my perspective as an artist is um i was just kind of doing what i thought comics should be sure yeah. Whereas the other stuff that I'm doing, I'm I, what I'm adding is more um, more of myself into it, and mm-hmm. every once in a while I've been able to hit it lately. So yeah. I think that's one of the problems, or not not a problem, but if you ask Mike Norton, he would say it is a problem because he's so versatile and he can he's he's very fluid. He can switch styles up depending on the properties um, or the projects. Mike, up, up until like a couple years ago, was finding it very difficult to land on a regular title because he's so versatile. So right. again, that's another tick in the column to keep this Superior Spider-Man style just keep it going yeah it's, it's a kind of a jack of all trades master you know like right situation i mean not with mike because mike's i think he's found what he on I, revival oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. i think i, th- I think he's, <laughs> he's fine without it but that's you also look at the you know the i think ed- editorially um so, sometimes artistic styles can be um directed and not just mike but i think i think um that can happen to uh, a lot of people um have you have you had that experience where an editor has said, "Hey, you know, we, we want you to kind of move in this direction or that direction," or have editors been pretty, you know, pretty hands off in your artistic style? They've been they've been pr- very good about it. They they absolutely let me do what I want to do. I haven't I've never really had them step in um, at all. Uh, the yeah, it's it, it's just. Um, They'll see that I'm. I, I kind of. I kind of envision them having these conversations where you know I'll turn in a page and they'll be like, "Well, Ryan's doing something different again." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what to do about it, but let's just let's just go with it. Because every once in a while, you know, like there are definitely bumps in the road uh, when you when you work that way. But I think that you know they realize that now that I've done it so many times that in the end it usually. It, it it kind of will fold into the previous style that I was doing. So if it if it changes completely, um, I'll then get to the point where I take it, I scale it back, and I fold it back into the regular style, and I and then the regular style takes over again. 
Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, you had mentioned um, animation as as something that you were very interested in, and you know, it it doesn't it, it doesn't take uh, a, a super discerning eye to see the influence on uh, of anime on your style. I mean, you are you're you're kind of like a a Ming a Ming's eye of of art. You you are definitely an East meets West um, style is kind of how I would describe it. You have got you know a ton of of Western comic um, influence, but you also have, have brought some 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 of the Japanese manga and anime. Um, into your style and agree or disagree uh uh but uh, you know has that been a huge uh influence on your art yeah i'd say that the the japanese um comics have had as at least as much of an influence on the way that i do things uh i'd say that now uh the single greatest well the single greatest Influence on me storytelling wise and action sequencing wise uh, is Akira, and uh, okay. so in in if you took all my influences, if I put them all out there and said you know like this this and this influenced me, it'd probably be about fifty fifty on on Japanese stuff and American comics, and I mean some well, European. Sure. Yeah, I, I I've read, I I was when I got into comics it was very much i went i was first into image because of spawn McFarlane. and everything yeah mcfarland and then um i kind of branched into i remember i immediately got into um joe mad on uncanny x-men and then i was like oh, i gotta find more of this stuff that he's influenced by and then i just really liked it you know like i still i still love like urasawa is a huge influence on me and and uh otomo and um uh, Miyazaki, like those guys are just, you know, as big of influences on me as anybody. So, I mean, you, I mean, following up on with David's point, you, as I look at your work, you, you've had a bunch of different inkers, especially mm-hmm. in the uh, first part of your foray into Marvel, like with, I think, uh, Koblish did some of your stuff, and uh, I know with She-Hulk, I don't remember, who was he your inker on She-Hulk? I can't remember, but you've had a couple of different inkers. So when did you, was it Fantastic Four when you, did you make the conscious decision to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to try inking myself and see how it goes? Or, I mean, what what was the process there? Because obviously I, I personally think it's, I think it's working really well for you, but I also know that adds, you know, time and complexity. So so what's the process there? And, and do you ever see yourself being inked by someone else now? Well, funny, you should ask, because actually for the next three issues, um, I will be getting an inker. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I want to move a little quicker. Uh, when we, we need me to move quicker, I want to move quicker. And I've gotten to a point now, um, drawing-wise, where I think that an inker will actually be able to handle, be able to... Because I, I finally figured out, I think that through inking myself, I figured out what I wanted the final product to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I can indicate that better with pencil. Whereas before, I think I was, I was... When having an inker, it was almost like a crutch. Like, okay, I don't know how to figure this rendering part out. You figure it out, you uh, know? Uh, Here's a bunch okay. of scribbles. Now you figure it out. Um, but now that I've inked myself, I know exactly what I want. So I'm, I'm comfortable handing it over um, to an inker. And, uh, uh, but it, it, when I chose to start inking myself, it was for that reason, where I was looking at my stuff and I was saying, you know, it's just got... I just don't, I don't want it to be generic. You know, I was getting a little worried because I was kind of, 
I didn't want to just look like I guess house is how you would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though there's not technically not a house style, there there kind of is, you know. Right. Um, and I didn't want it to look that way, so I I needed to t- to go on that journey, like an exploration of style and and kind of learn. And I I started doing we we started doing Ashcan All Stars, which was the, is a blog. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I I was inking myself on there, and the response that I was getting from people it it was it, it was very strange because there was like. It's almost like uh, having a governor played on your brain when you're sometimes when you're doing superhero comics where you're like you won't let yourself go you know 100 miles per hour for some reason or at least for me um, where I I didn't feel constrained because nobody was making me feel constrained but I was I was constraining myself based on everything that I had seen in the past and then we did these Ashkin All Stars and they were I didn't have to please anybody I was just putting it on a blog like who cared. And uh, the response was so great, and I was inking them myself, and, and I was just like uh, fully, fully realizing them from beginning to end, and they were looking exactly like I wanted them to look. And then I was like, okay, th- I kind of want to translate this over into my uh, my other art. And then, you know, there was definitely there's even it's funny if you look at the like the first issue I inked was issue six of Scarlet Spider, and it's. It's so scratchy, <laughs> and I had no idea at the time that it was that scratchy. I don't really like. I saw it recently, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I had no idea <laughs> what that insane. Um, but uh, yeah, now now I I, I finally kind of nailed it. I think where, it, or at least nailed it in my opinion. And uh, now uh, now I'm comfortable um, letting somebody else take. To handle it from from what I'm going to do with my pencils, which should be pretty, you know, explain it in the way that I want it to be explained. You know, it seems like there are, there are two different types of of the the penciler inker relationship. It, it seems like there's the um, the the penciler that is like assigned an inker, or it's 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 not really, I mean, it's just there's an inker that's looking for a penciler and a penciler that's looking for an inker, and it's like, oh, okay, well, let's put these guys together and we'll see, you know, how it happens. And then there are these really tight penciler inker teams, you know, the the Byrne Austins, Hester Parks, and and David could name 25 um, d- different, different, you know, great penciler inker teams. Um, do you have a desire to to ever develop that kind of relationship with an inker that um, you know Christian Al- Alame always talks about? He and Doug um, Monkey creating the the third person in the room, where where um, the the combination of the two of them makes a third kind of greater artist. Yeah, no, I would love to have that, and I think I think that's kind of everybody's dream. I mean, like the like for me, the the one that I point to is uh, Bacello and Townsend. Mm-hmm. Nice, and they're just you know it's awesome. It's it's awesome to see, and I'd love to have that. It's just um, it, it it's it's kind of difficult. I mean, I I don't know I don't know how it happens because there's there's so few like inkers to go around it seems like anymore like everybody wants to pencil or something like it, back in the day well, it's, a di- it's a dying breed I mean there's just not the mi- yeah it's not that much work for them anymore well you used to have guys that like pencilers that would just go ink somebody for, for a project you know mm-hmm. um, 
and that doesn't really happen anymore. So it it, it definitely is. You know, like Claus Jansen, it was a pretty darn good artist in his own right, but also you know known for being an anchor, I think, by a mm-hmm. lot of people. Yeah, I was all my. By the way, Klaus, Klaus, I know you're listening to Eleven O'clock Comics. <laughs> oh no! Hey, don't look. <laughs> that that I, I would have to hang up my my microphone. But this be is interesting cool. because I have to say, Ryan, like it seems because I know in some of the other guys that we've talked to, they, you know. It, there has been a trend to inking your own your own work, you know, and it seems that a lot of the guys are are more of the opinion like, well, I'm, I'm now that I ink myself, I could never go back. Like I think I was actually talking to Burnham at C2E2 and he said that, and um, uh, and there was a couple other guys that just were like, yeah, I'd never, you know, like once you start inking yourself, like I could never imagine going back. But uh, but you know, you're sort of of the different view. Like, does it with your you're saying with the process now? Is it just that are you going to hand off much tighter pencils than you might have in the past to to the no. new anchor is that part of the, the difference no I think that I will uh, just the language will be t- like the basically you you what you develop with an anchor when you're penciling is you kind of give them a language so like I want these little tick marks in these this area you know I just put like these little random ones and it just kind of indicates to them like okay, now do this, but do it better. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but I, I guess that for me, I, I I do feel that thing of wanting to ink myself, but essentially when I started inking myself, I was doing super scratchy stuff, and it was uh, it was okay, but it was the response wasn't wonderful. Like I, I kind of felt like I got into that place where it could almost be, it almost looked a little bit indie. Okay. Uh, uh, where and, and but I was able to do it pretty quick. But then, as I started to want to get better at inking, um, it started to take me more. It started to take closer to six weeks to do an issue. Okay. And I'm not sure that that's that's the artist that I want to be. You know, like the guy that only does eight issues a year. I mm-hmm. I, I know because I think that you can get by with that. But I really would like to have like a nice long run on something. And part of that is, you know, you just end up having to, you have to trust somebody else to to handle um, that stuff for you. Like we're we're often so precious with everything that we do um, that it can it can kind of cripple you, and you don't really have the volume of work that you'd like. The the way that I look at it is, I think I will ink myself in the future on projects that call for it. I'm not sure that Spider Man necessarily. Uh, calls for it because uh, this is a book, this is a monthly book there's, you know, the fans kind of like cleaner stuff than I like to do anyway and there will be plenty of, you know, I'll probably still ink my covers and I'll um, I'll do uh, you know, issues here and there but I'd like to get a little more work out there Mm -hmm. Um, and then then hopefully in the future I'll do creator own type stuff and uh, then I'll, I'll you know, unleash the the monster. Nice, mm. unleash the crack. And <laughs> speaking of the fans, let let let's go in that direction for a couple minutes. Um, I, I think the that uh, Stegman luck is is in evidence with this series because it, it's it's a blessing and it's a curse. You, you get put on um, a book designed well, not designed that is is obviously going to tick off a whole mess of people. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you are lucky and unlucky enough to be the artist on the two issues that tick them off the most. 
the the first issue and the ninth issue like is is that something you consider as you're drawing lists like oh man i'm gonna get so hammered for this yes uh and i love it for some reason oh that's good i'm normally i'm normally kind of worried about that stuff but i think that um dan told me the whole story over pizza at c2e2 last year um and I was just like blown away. I was like, this is awesome. But then, I, so I knew the whole story. Um, but as, as I thought about it, I was like, man, like, um, it, broken down into pieces, this is going to be a tough pill for people to swallow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as these things happen. Um, but my faith in the story was such that I all, I started to enjoy the amount of anger that we were getting, that, that people <laughs> were putting out there. Cause I'm like, you don't know anything about what's about to happen. Right. right. I have an idea. Yeah. I, 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 I think Dan has built in the escape patch already. And then that's only nine issues. So I, I don't have much to go on, but he has put, uh, like they say, if you're going to show a gun, uh, or write a gun in the first chapter. That gun has to go off by the end of the book. And he has placed something within this uh, story that could be a nice um, escape hatch for Peter coming back. No, he's never. He's done. No. <laughs> well, I mean, ser- seriously. If, I mean, if people just put down the cheese doodles enough to to really get into this story, you got to consider. Is Marvel really gonna say goodbye to a billion dollar character? Right. Like it's it's insane. They're just have you guys are just having fun with it. That's what that's what these books are supposed to be. They're supposed to be fun. It's the book that brought me back, for God's sake. Like I yeah, wanted I wanted nothing to do with Marvel, and I read this and I was like, damn, this is fun. Yep. You know, well, and it, it's the, it's these. I mean, Ryan, I don't know if you heard last week's episode, but it was an epiphany because Vince had had sworn off all big two comics for like eighteen months, and we were like, "You'll be back," and he's like, "Never, dude." Yeah. And then he's like, "I'm back, baby." But I mean, oddly enough, these are the arcs that people remember. I, I, I that's what I thought after Dan told me. I was like, "This is his, you know, he's already had a pretty pretty great run, but this will be his defining his right. defining moment as a Spider-Man writer." I mean, wow. Peter Parker as Spider-Man, they're great stories, but that's just maintaining the status quo. When you shake it up, like the Clone Saga, like it or not, people remember it, right? Sure. And, and I think this is uh, going to be one of those, uh, probably a lot better written, but uh, the story is shaping up to be something really special. I'm just enjoying it. It's a, it's a great book. Well, the thing that I noticed right away when he told me the story was... Um, and well what the, my thought process was was like to me spy, uh the spider-man comic has always been um just as much about his supporting cast as it has been about peter parker um that's what that's why i love it that's the thing that that you know that makes it different from any other comic book for me is just like the relationships and all the you know the human characters um around him and so what I was just thinking is, like, this is a great way to get to tell stories uh, from a different perspective on his supporting cast and what he means to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's exactly the type of thing that's been happening in the book. You know, you see all these people re- reacting to, um, to, you know, Otto as Peter. And it's, um, 
I don't know. I think it's just a really fresh take and a really interesting way to tell new stories uh, with the characters, and they're they're all still there. So it's still it's still the Spider Man, you know, like it's still Spider Man's book, and it's to say it, there's just one character that's different, and it, you know, he happens to be the main character, but he's still uh, it's still fascinating to see how everybody handles it. Yeah, I think Slot uh, is really clever with Peter's dialogue. Uh, especially in the the one sequence where uh, Peter and Mary Jane are um, uh, sitting on the couch, and he goes, "Silence, woman!" Is, <laughs> you know, and yeah, and okay. and she she's such a lap dog, like she doesn't even consider that this may not be you know the, her her man. It's just like but oh, Carly does. He, well, Carly knows, yeah, yeah. Well, she's blonde, so she's she's <laughs> she's wise. Um, <laughs> But I, I and and it's 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 not overt. It's like subtle sometimes when uh, he'll just tweak the dialogue a little bit. But in some cases, like he really pushes it, like uh, like the silence uh, exclamation. But I just think it's 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 invigorating to see that. Yeah, there are things that can be done with these old dogs. Yeah, you, exactly. that's that's the thing that I like about it. It's just it's an opportunity to do new things. So are we talking, like, what's the commitment to this uh, status quo? Is there, are you going to stop, like, when you get omnibus size, like, maybe 24 issues, and then they'll say, okay, let's mix it up again? Or is is this going to be shorter, longer? I mean, what's the vision for this? Do you think I can really answer that question? I well, I, I know, but I mean, I just... How I, does it end? Hopefully, it's the journey, dude. It's hope, the I know. Hopefully, they don't. They let it go at least 24 issues. Well, I, but I'm I, guessing if you're working on 17 to 19, it's probably yeah, going to get there. I mean, Ryan, can you speak to how long you're committed to the book? I mean, is that yeah. allowable or no? Yeah, I told him that this is the only book I want to do. Yeah, you're smart. So, so for the foreseeable future, is <laughs> your point. Yeah, I just, I just said that... Um, I mean, I told them flat out. I told Steve because I did one issue of Amazing Spider-Man, and then it, you know we were working yeah, I love that issue. Yeah, and Steve did too, and he kept he was writing me. He's like, "Man, where did you come from? I <laughs> love this." And I was just like, "All right, let's talk about this. I want to draw this forever. Like, this is the book I wanted to do when I started working at Marvel. Like, this is what I want to do." And. uh you know, he started, you know, like, that's why he gave me Scarlet Spider was because at the time the book was staffed up and we weren't going to be able to do it. But I kind of, from that point on, I made it known to everybody. I was just like, this is what I'm aiming for. I didn't think it would happen so soon, you know. Uh, I kind of just, but I wanted to plant the seed like that's what I'm going to do. They eventually came around to it. Yeah, I mean, have so you had that moment yet where you, you're sitting there and saying to yourself, like, you know, I I'm, I really became an artist because I loved McFarlane, and you know, McFarlane before Spawn obviously was defined by Spidey, and here you are doing the book. Like, have you kind of had taken a moment to take a deep breath and say, "Damn, I'm like this. I'm doing the book I always dreamed of doing." Like, has that sunk in yet? I've, tr- I've definitely tried to have that um, kind of moment. Um, it's really, really difficult though mm-hmm. to really get perspective on it i don't i think the the only time that will really allow that or the only thing that will really allow that is is time you know like in a couple of years i think i might be able to look at this and and I've, I've told this story before too but the craziest thing was was when they offered me that that single issue uh amazing spider-man 665 uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. I got that email the exact day that my, like, literally an hour after my son was born. That is oh, that's awesome. right. Yeah. Totally crazy. I mean, I can't even believe that that day actually happened, you know, because <laughs> it almost seems like I'm rewriting three to, to say that, but it's absolutely true. And it was so, I remember just telling my wife, and I was just like, yeah, I got to go make this phone call. <laughs> I'll be back. Were you, were you crying? Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I, I was exhausted. Oh yeah. I had no more emotion to to hand out that day. That I, I cool. the, the way in that issue, the the way you had the the origin cut into present. That I it really is one of my it, it it was one of my favorite issues of well of of amazing up mm-hmm. during during slots long run and then and and as things were ramping up. To seven hundred, and and then we get the superior. But I, well, you know, I mean, I I was aiming for for that page. So I mean, I I definitely thought that that was a highlight. I was glad to see you on it, and then to find out that uh, when you mentioned it at at last year's C two E two while you were because they they made the announcement about you on Fantastic Four, and then you said that you were going to be working on Spidey, and and uh, it was just. Everything has been. I've I've been enjoying your career th- th- these past couple of years. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just have a question about the back spider. Uh-huh. I noticed that the uh, original design, where the, the the actual legs of the spider are squared off, when Ak is in the costume, they're more angular. That the, the angles are very sharp and they terminate in points. Was that something that you had a hand in? Because I think that's just brilliant. No, actually, that that was handed off to me. That was Ed McGinnis's design, which I no only, I own the original art for that, by the way. So wow. nice. Yeah. Because I mean, it, it's it's a nice shorthand way of saying, you know, this is a little sharper dude than than the well, other one. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. the same thing with the gloves, and uh, I mean, the dude is is seriously no nonsense. But um, although I'm still not sure if I'm sold on the boots. What's the, wrong? What's going on with the boots? They're they're split, split toed. Oh yeah, yeah. Spider Ninja. Nice. <laughs> well, you, right, you do you collect a lot of art? Um, I'm starting to. Don't are go down that road. Are you trading? <laughs> Don't do trading it. Art or are you Don't just do acquiring it. it? Are you trading? Yeah, I'm definitely no, trying to trade. No, more. I know. I know. Yeah. for it because it's uh, expensive. Expensive. But I I also like that. I like the idea of trading. I like trading with friends because. Uh, it means more to me to have had, you know, some sort of interaction with the person. Sure. I'll trade art with say, you. I would love to trade art if only I could draw. <laughs> yeah, right. I have to pay for it the old-fashioned way, but yeah. <laughs> Just call it postmodern, and no one will question it. Have yeah. uh, Have there been any pages you you gave to the um, you gave to Dan at working on the books? Yeah, we did the first book. The, the first issue that I did, he he wanted to buy like. Uh, three pages or two pages or something, and so I gave him a big discount, and then I just threw in a couple extra pages for free. Oh, that's nice of you. Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out how to, because I was like, man, because I was like, I just wanted to give it to him, but at the same time, I was like, this is definitely going to sell. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out, you know, a way that we could give him some stuff for free. I, you know, anytime I, I did that with Marjorie on X twenty three too. Like she bought a page and I threw in a, another page for her for free. Cause, and Kelly Sue, I gave a bunch of the Sith pages because right. You know, wow, we loved that issue. I think it did well and everything. But um, 
you know, they they weren't necessarily like hot collectors items, so she owns a lot of that issue too. Nice. Nice. So when I buy Paige next from Paolo, he'll he'll know to throw a couple free ones in there. With exactly. Me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you gotta you gotta write a story for me, and then that's no well, problem. No, it'll be well. I'll I'll what, what issue are you drawing now? Because we'll just say that we're all right. So we're we're part of seventeen then. So we should all be able to get a page from seventeen. Well, I did. I did learn a, a, a conniving trick from some people, which is that you fi- you you draw art collectors into the background on <laughs> that aren't going to sell. Oh, oh shit! That's great. That's actually a good idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, J- Jason and I are art collectors. <laughs> it's very true. All right, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to put both. This is going to be great. I'm going to put both of you on a page. That's it, yeah. And we'll have a knife fight for it. That'd be awesome. Going on eBay. I'm going to be like, what's that story? Just remember, Ryan, I am significantly taller than Chris, so. And faster. So if you're going to draw speech. My body with Jason's head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why don't you tell the folks listening at home what uh, character is appearing in Superior Number 17? Good old Spider-Man 2099. Uh, what? Ever. Yeah. It's one of my favorite hero clips. Now, did you know you were going to be drawing him back in the... Uh, God, it seems like a while ago now when you, I assume, intentionally did the whole accidental tweet about 2099? Um, I We had plans that changed. So there was definitely plans for him to appear at some point. But no, that was just... That was just definitely... Dan... Part of part of what's been great about Superior Spider Spider Man is this like weird performance art that's going on with Dan at the same time. <laughs> I love Dan's Twitter tweets. Yeah, it's great. It's great, and it's like uh, it's almost like like I'll say this. There was um, part of part of what's great about it is the immediate you know like the immediate feedback that then we end up incorporating. For example, in issue three. All right, so first we, we did this panel in New York, and Dan said that um, the book, the Superior Spider-Man was going, they said 700 is going to end the book, and number one will be Superior Spider-Man and everything, and then they, they said this book is going to get a little dark and weird, and the internet took that and started saying it's going to be dark and gritty, and then they said, what are they trying to make Spider-Man Batman? So on the ish, in issue three, Dan then intentionally wrote the spider signal into the book. <laughs> That's, funny. <laughs> That's funny. He's directly messing with the people that were all upset about everything. And so then on the cover, we're working, we're trying to come up with an idea for the cover. And uh, I said, I can't remember what I said, but essentially I sent Dan an email that was like, I'm going to put that signal I'm going to put the signal on the cover. And I said, that's really going to piss him off. (laughs) All he said was, I love you. (laughs) That's hilarious. And so we did that cover and we're like within, we, we, it got put out online. Every uh, site was saying, I can't believe this. They're just trying to make him bad and blah, blah, blah. And then within three pages, we had had him come in, destroy the, (laughs) yeah. And I love he's, he he comes in. Jameson's got the got the signal on. He says, "Oh, Grace, so you can tell where all my enemies know where I'll be." Yeah, and this it, is it stupidest ever. Yeah. yeah. So, 
so we we just let them like have this big you know shit storm, and then we pulled the rug out you know, and I was just I loved it I I love that that we the the instantaneous feedback is so different now than you know when you used to have to write letters because you wouldn't know for six issues before you know if people how people what people thought of what yeah. So, well, so you're taking that negativity and you're turning it into creativity. Yeah, yeah well, to, to that point, because and this is ties back to your your love of, of image. I was actually listening to um, uh, Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast. Mm-hmm. He had Jim Lee on, um, and it was great because you know Jim was like just just kind of you know just talking off the cuff, and he said that uh, when they look back at the at the start of Image. That exact issue is what you're referring to. Is that they didn't, ha- you know, there was no such thing as Twitter. You know, there was no, the internet was 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 nascent. So they literally had no idea, like if if people were going to enjoy or be excited for, much less buy their books until the sales numbers came in. Like, and well, then even what, after they that, be- they didn't know if people liked them. <laughs> it literally was months before they. He said they were at like a couple conventions, and he realized like people love this. Like they they had no, there was just no feedback. It was just they they just you know had the balls to go for it, a leap of faith, and then obviously it worked out. But they just it really was a true leap of faith. And he said in a way it actually worked out well because he said looking back now there would have been so much hater hate out there about it <laughs> that it might have dissuaded them from being as bold as they were when they took those 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 first steps. You know because there was they just. They did it for themselves, and there was no they, there was no thought of of anyone else because the the idea of getting sort of that real time feedback was non existent back then. So, yeah, that, that's definitely that's that would be crazy to make that decision in that time, <laughs> especially considering how much they were making. Like, yeah, they, they, those guys were making huge livings, you know. Oh yeah, and then, like he, he said that uh, when that issue of X Men came out that sold eight million copies. You know, they were getting paid per issue. Like, he was getting a per issue, you know, fee. Uh-huh. And he said he made more money. He got a check that month for more money than he had made in his entire life. Yeah, I can imagine. So, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's that's cool. I, I, I mean, obviously, we're big proponents of social media and all facets. And that, speaking of that, we are doing an EOC live tweet right now. Right? Nice. Have some questions lined up here. To direct their oh, questions towards McDade, the segment. Friggin' McDade. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. there. He's oh, there. Yeah. He's there. Right, Matt Dixon sent a picture of uh, Dick City that uh-huh. he wants to look at, so I guess you can have to go on Twitter for that. Everybody smiles in Dick City. Many of the questions, frankly, have are stuff that you've already touched on, like Hassan asked what your favorite Spider-Man run is, and I'm going to assume it's McFarlane, or am I wrong there? Um, art-wise, uh, that's, the, my, that's the one that has the most uh, impact for me. I, I now you know I I I read I visited things afterwards and mm-hmm. uh, you know like I love everything that John Romita Jr. has done and John Romita Sr. and Gil Kane and all those guys but uh, impact wise on my life have to be McFarlane's run sure uh, our friend from Australia Andrew Shaw nice um, actually asked a, again another question that you've touched on which is you know what's sort of your dream property to work on which I think. It's, it's Spider-Man. That's what you're doing. But but let's I guess let's just tweak the question a little bit and then say outside of Spidey, um, what what characters or series would you love a chance to work on at some point in your career that you have not had the opportunity to do? Um, Batman. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I like I like 
human characters, you know, like the idea of working on something that's, you know, less powered up. And Spider-Man's a great, great character in that sense, too, because his power is only useful in certain ways, and then in other ways it's not. Uh, now, does your does your Batman have have short ears like Matt Wagner or uh, or or Carmen Infantino, or does he have the longer Neil Adams Kelly Jones style ears? You know, I don't know. I'd have. I mean, when I draw them, I've drawn them different ways every time. Okay, I'd probably go longer though. Okay. Oh, that's not the answer you wanted, is it? I still love you. It's all right. <laughs> I, I like uh, the, the, the the answer would have I, I the the giveaway was when I lean towards Wagner, but that's all right. Right, uh, but I'd also outside of that uh, X Men. I was into the X Men quite a bit because uh, of Joe Mad and everything. And then out outside outside of that, uh, just creator owned, owning my own characters and creating from the ground up. Sure. Even creating even creating a new character for Marvel would be pretty awesome. Like I think about the time when Jim Lee and McFarlane and Liefeld were doing all that stuff and they were kind of creating new characters, which I think is, you know, kind of a lost lost sure. thing at the moment. Well in this in this run and I actually think it's one of the issues that uh Umberto did, but uh with Cardiac appearing I nearly awesome. fell out of my chair because I mean that yeah. I remember Cardiac vividly, and, and that was a Larson character, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I I can't remember. I remember recently I read a um I I was rereading the Clone Saga, and there was uh, a Brevort uh, issue where he had written it with Cardiac in it, and that was really yeah. I was thinking. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, we we um, Mr. Swagnetto. Uh, would like to know what kind of tools you use in your process. Uh, he asked what kind of a tool Ryan was. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, 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 he wants to know your 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 instruments of choice. I use, uh, I mean, pencils. I'll just use whatever is available. Mechanical. You're Vince <laughs> typing, by the way. <laughs> clunk clunk. I I use. Um, yeah, like uh, I'll just get packs of 0.5 millimeter uh, uh, pencils, and then I use number two pencils. And I'll use the Cintiq. Also, I'll do some drawing in there. Um, and then I, with for inks, I use you know brush and nib, Raphael 8404 brushes. I, I like the size four and the size two. And I'll use Kurataki brushes. And uh, uh, G pens, the leader G pens for for the nibs, which is a manga pen. Vince, does that all make sense to you? It sure does. Is, uh, I'm writing that grade. actually writing that down, <laughs> which is silly because I could just listen to it again. But whatever. Well, from, uh, <laughs> from 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 Dan Leaf Insect uh, Dan, um, uh, he wants to know if uh, if Ryan's favorite dinosaur is a Stegosaurus. Well, of course. Now that it's my signature, yeah. Totally. Okay. In the I great didn't know if that was a red tradition. herring or not, if you were really a Velociraptor fan or something like that. <laughs> I think it's an awesome signature. I, I love totally. it a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fellow, yeah. fellow jam piece aficionado, Jerry McDade, would like uh, to know that... Uh, if, what's that? I said, oh, McDade. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, uh, he asks, if Dick City were set in the Marvel Universe, who would be its greatest protector and the supervillain? Well, 
obviously its greatest protector would be me drawing myself into the story. Nice. Uh, the villain would have to be, I don't know, Stegron, just because it sounds like Stegman. <laughs> oh, I love Stegron. <laughs> nice. Well done. Uh, Mr. Don Cardenas, who uh, is, uh, you, you two are often t- throwing Twitter barbs at one another. Uh, he said he's noticed that the body language of Spider-Man seems more aggressive and direct now. Was this a conscious decision that you made? Yes, and thanks, thank you, Don, for asking a real question and not uh, making <laughs> <laughs> fun of me publicly. Don uh, is a legitimate fan of yours. He's also apparently recorded our Kickstarter panel and just sent me the link to it. So oh, that was awesome. Yeah, so th- there you go. Um, you were well, riveted by so riveted you were talking to your, yeah. sweet, your wife about what you were going to have for dinner. <laughs> yeah, Maybe we should we should start a Kickstarter to uh, distribute that. <laughs> um, the yeah, the idea was for me was uh, you know he was just more of a kind of kind of a villain in Peter Parker's body. So you know, villains kind of act different. I, I like to make the characters act. I'm a big proponent of you know act make your characters act or I don't have the time of day for it <laughs> you know like I get really frustrated when when characters are just being really stoic even though they're saying something really uh really you know impactful or whatever so I I kind of and 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 I also operate by the um Bill Sienkiewicz said this on a podcast one time he said that comic books are closer to a stage play than they are movies which I agree with um where I think manga might be closer to movies where you can get subtlety because you can take an entire page to show six panels of a guy reacting to something. Um, but in, in American comics, we get 20 pages, and so you kind of have to be a little more bombastic um, in, in the way that they act. So I really try to sell that this is an evil person inside of a... Um, inside, of a inside of Peter Parker's body. You know, so I want him to... So I, I try to push that the expressions as far as possible. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm a little disappointed that, that, that Otto didn't get a chance to tap that ass. Oh, it's not yeah. over yet. That's, uh, well, wait, which ass? Because he's, he's aiming for Mary Jane, MJ. The oh, all right. He, no, well, not, not according to Otto. Oh, he has considered it. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I find it. I'm taking the whole um, Peter's uh, life uh, experiences have transformed me into a villain from a villain into a, a heroic figure. I'm taking that with a big old grain of salt because, um, you know, you can sit and, and listen to someone's stories of woe as much as you want. And yeah, it does affect you in the short term, but I'm, I'm confident that his, his true personality is going to come back into the, to the surface. I mean, it does. You can only be so sympathetic. No, it's going to be auto forever. Forever and ever. Well, no. Look look at how long Wally was Flash. I mean, he he directly experienced Uncle Ben's death, Gwen's neck snapping, every every negative factor in Peter's life. He basically lived it because he's in his head, right? And and that's going to affect him, I think, only so much before... Uh, the old Otto comes bubbling back. Well, he's a back. huge narcissist. I mean, oh, sure. A, yeah. It's impossible for him to get past what he is, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not I'm giving in- any hints as to what's happening. I'm just saying, I think, personally, I think, as a, as a fan and a reader 
uh, he is, you know, he's an evil guy. And he has serious <laughs> mental problems that just is, you know, wanting to fix them. But he's, you know, if he's not, he, how, how can he possibly fix such deep-rooted issues? Because right. he has baggage, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I like the fact that Slot is eking out little bits of Otto's um, history, too, in the book. Yeah. Like we get to see his, his father smacking him around. And, and yeah. you know, it, it piles up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and as I'm loving the ride we're on now, and 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 part of me is also looking forward to all well, if Wink Peter becomes Spidey again, how he has to deal with the uh, yeah everything that Otto did, like right, exactly uh, the with, with, with Screwball yeah. and and Vulture and and basically dragging everybody that that Otto faced as Spider-Man practically to death's door. You know, I mean it. It, it's and of course there's the whole ironic thing where Spider-Man is now one of JJJ's favorite people in the world, and it's not even yeah. for Spider. I love it. It's Jonah is so wrong all the time, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> I hope that Otto gets Carly pregnant. No, seriously, and and then that causes a huge rift with MJ and Peter when he finally does be return to Spider-Man, and now now it's not Peter's son, it's Otto's son. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. I'm I'm gonna write Dan and see if he has that plan. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't, fan fiction, Vince. There's I just don't like fiction. Mary Jane at all. No, I know there's not that much to like. Ryan Salazar just EOC live tweeted wanting to know if you're going to man up and take his bet against the Blackhawks. Well, he wants me to take a bet when I don't know anything about the damn sport. (laughs) That's that's It's just because it's Ryan. It's it's because he knows that the White Sox are going to have real tough time against the Tigers this year. Real careful. We're treading treading thin ice here, people. Hey, I'm just speaking truth. Ryan, do you watch wrestling? No. Ah. More importantly, do you do you have time to read read other comics? I do. I was I actually think about this all the time. All right, for example, Jay. All right, Jason and Chris. I know you guys are baseball fans or you're sports fans in general. Yes. Yes. But you also seem to read everything. How is this possible? It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> well, uh, for, for me, I have a long commute. You know, I go into Manhattan every day, and I I, I take public transit, so. I mean, I have upwards of three hours a day to consume media. Really? Oh, so it's like an hour and a half transportation? Well, it could be. It's anywhere between two and three, right, depending on traffic and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, it's – it's on average, it's, you know, 10-plus hours a week. And so you're taking, like, a train or something? A bus, yeah. Or you, Oh, no, you take a limo. That's right. A limo, I say. Shrimp and white wine. No, that's, that's actually – that seems kind of nice, actually. <laughs> Yes, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, it, it depends. I actually I don't read as much as I used to. I try and uh, try and spend more time reading the stuff that I that I do read now. But uh, now that curling season is over, I've got a little bit more time to read, which is yeah. kind of nice. So you know, but I mean, I always always you know wonder about artists and writers. It's like whenever you're done, you know. I mean, you probably work what ten, twelve hours a day a lot of the time, trying I'm to. Least, yeah, I'm at least in my stu- in my office for, you know, ten to twelve hours a day. 
So do you unwind by going and reading comics? I, I figure you, you, that, that you'd want to get as far away from them as you could. Yeah, it's not necessarily that. It's just that I want to do something that can like have a shared experience with my wife or you know with my kid rather than because it's a kind of a comics are kind of a solitary uh you know reading in general is a solitary thing so what i'll I'll, i will read every day i'll read for like you know a half hour to an hour before bed but that's all i can really muster otherwise you know like my wife and i have our shows that we'll watch or you know i'll wrestle oliver for hours on end but uh yeah, it's just it's it's hard to make time for all of it. You know, I wish I wish I didn't need to sleep. You know, well, yeah. yeah, same here. I mean, I get very little sleep, but I think it's all life 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 balance, right? There's no there's no yeah. blueprint for it. It's good to hear that you do read some comics though, just because I have to say, a part of me gets a little bummed out when I'm talking to a creator and they're like, I don't read comics, and it's not because <laughs> oh, like yeah. I know that everyone's busy, and I understand if it's a time thing, but. I think there's always some time to, you know, if you're passionate about anything, you find some time for it. So it kind of bums me out. Who, David? I feel like you and I were. Was it was it Aaron Cooter that we were talking to about that? And he was making the same sort of statement that he reads comics and he doesn't understand how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, you have like, people, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he was saying the same thing. Like he doesn't get how guys could be in this business and not like love comics enough to want to read them. You know, right? And, uh, I'm good enough to draw them. I just can't bother reading or getting caught up in the stories or, or yeah no i don't i don't get it i don't get it yeah well, well, I, I, think, I, th- I think it goes in cycles for a lot of people yeah i think that it's it's kind of one of those uh i think that some people get really into it and then they're not as into it but they're still in you know like they're then their profession which i understand but at the same time i also don't want to be the guy that doesn't see what where art is headed or where comics are headed yeah, and good point. good point but the same thing uh you know over and over i think that i think that I, especially for me uh i get so influenced and interested in um things that i that i read that i, I really i actually sometimes I'll, I'll try not to read as much stuff that's going like I'll try to read stuff where the art style is so different from what I do so that I'm not overly influenced by it sometimes because I'm like, I just need to get my work done and not worry about <laughs> about trying to draw in a new way or anything. But um, I think that keeping an ear to the ground, so to speak, on that stuff is, is important. Well, sure. you know, on that, on that note, um, who in comics right now you know uh, independent or or big two or whatever who who out there is is really exciting you right now well i mean the fact that capullo's back doing monthly comics is <laughs> awesome for me i mean that's a dream come true for me um Have i had a chance to chill with him or talk to him no he's not i'm terrified i did i did <laughs> shake his hand i did shake his hand and he almost uh, Ripped my arm off my body. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can be intimidating. I mean, of of all the, uh, I think like Capullo and Joe Jusco and there there aren't Steranko. Well, yeah, see Steranko. He just he's oh yes yes. Uh, see, there there are some dudes who you would just be like, no, I I like I like your drawings. Bye. Oh, and Jim Starlin. Yeah, he's intense. He looks like yeah, he looks like an ex-con. Yeah. Vince, I'm the, who today is exciting you? Who you t- who are you asking? Yeah, it's you know, Jack Kirby. Today, who's exciting me? 
the why I was asking. Shit, there's a ton of people out there. One of them's on this podcast. That's right. No, no right. <laughs> no, and and oddly enough, you know, I'm I'm going to hear it again, but there's a lot of visually, there's a lot of stunning stuff coming out of Marvel. Like I I'm I'm not a huge fan of Bendis, but Bacello's work on Uncanny is awesome. gorgeous. Yep. It's it. It it is great. incredible. There's a double page spread. I think it was the very first issue that Bacello did with these Sentinels, and you. I, I'm staring at it, thinking this guy is probably not from this planet, yep. be, because he he and, he just has a handle on an intensity and just a, a comp, this perfect composition that just sucks you right into this scene. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. I gotta say, Assad Ribic, you know, I, I've, I don't know that I've. Oh my god, yeah. Huge fan of his work, but his, he's found his spot with, with the his work. pencil stuff, yeah. And once yeah. again, I want to reiterate, David was right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been repeating that more and more the, the past couple of weeks. I think I'm dying. You, you've been pushing me towards God of Thunder, and I read, I read, yeah. what is it, eight issues to date? Uh, yes. I read the eight issue progression four freaking times. That's great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, I, I think, and you know, Jason, you always talk about the evergreen titles, right? And David and I were talking about this on the Twitter. I, I'm, I'm hedging my bet and assuming that Aaron's going to stick the landing on this. But if he does, I think this could be the Thor evergreen title. I, I, I told Vince that I think this is the, the movie generation's Simonson run. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree with that completely. Yeah, I, I think it's a perfect book. The God of Thunder is definitely, from all that I've read out of Marvel so far, uh, not counting Superior Spider-Man, uh, obviously, but God of Thunder is the top. I, I, I haven't read anything yet that, that, that compares to that. That's it's, interesting, yeah, because I've gone back and read earlier issues of this, too. Normally, I, it takes me a good long while before I go back and reread issues, but this... It, it's so complex, you're jumping around all over the place. And it's so pretty. You got three different Thors running around. Uh, it's just amazing. But so I think, uh, let's that, just direct it back to Mr. Stegman and see. I was going to say. He, I think one of my goals for New York Comic Con now is to uh, go around with Ryan and introduce him to all the people he's afraid to say hi to. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll let Capullo bench press him. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'll maybe Ryan. If I could get a panel at New York Comic Con where Capullo bench presses you, can we do oh. that? You should just get a panel at Comic Con of everybody who Ryan's afraid to say hi. To. <laughs> I'll put them in a awesome. race. That would be an awesome panel. <laughs> I'm not go around the room and introduce yourself. <laughs> Ryan's like, that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> Part of me is interested as a, as a spectator. I'm interested as the guy in the thing. Not so interested. <laughs> well, Captain Soliloquy Kyle Scroggins asks Mr. Stegomatic. How did comics ever exist without you, and how do the ladies ever stay conscious in your presence? Oh my god, this is a long answer. Um, <laughs> Aaron's gonna love this one. Pheromones. The first uh, answer to the que- the first part is: uh, Did comics really exist before me? That's <laughs> probably not. That's like prove it. Answer. Second of all, my wife is asleep right now, probably because she saw me. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well played, sir. Uh, Luke Gay, and this one's not just to Ryan, this is to all of us. If the creation of Image Comics happened today, what six creators, actually it should be seven, but whatever. Everyone always forgets about what, um, what six creators. Out the hell. 
By the way, in, in speaking of Wills, uh, Kevin Smith asked uh, Jim Lee who, to remind him who the founders of Image were. And Jim Lee <laughs> said, yeah, and depending on whose history you want to say, Wills is part of it too. Wow. <laughs> you can't even get love from his own. That's cool. Anyway, um, if Image was happening today, what six creators would you love to see band together and create a new universe? Uh, right, uh, so I'm I'm saying I'm not including myself in this because okay. that's too egotistical. Though I want to. <laughs> that stopped yeah, them with the patch. patch. Go ahead. Um, I would say Quapel, mm-hmm. um, Capullo. This is hard. <laughs> I'm gonna remember so many after too. Uh, I like. Oh my god, this could take all night. You guys have a lot of time? We, we sure do. We have we have twenty more minutes. We have unlimited no. time. No uh I'd like to see Scotty do creator own stuff. Nice. Um Throw some names at me. Chung? Well, I was going to say Jim Chung will be on my list. Now, now, I, now, I, now you can't throw names at me because if I say, but Chung, yeah, I, I do love Chung, but I can't say no to anybody because then I'm like, no, I don't like them. Just <laughs> <laughs> no win situation. I'm yeah, tough. That's true. Well, you know, I, I think it, I think it would be guys that you know you're not going to say like Eric Powell because he's or Mignola, you know, because those are guys that have already gone out and done. Right, yes, my mind. Is I, I think the question is is largely who who. That that's known for doing primarily um, uh, big two comics. Would you like to see band together? And you know, Scotty fits into that mold. Um, Jimmy Chung certainly fits into that mold. Um, why why are you guys um, skewing towards the visuals? So it says well, creators. I, was, I, I thought that was very interesting. That's what image. Well, I think because image right, skewed towards the visuals. Well, we're talking to an artist. Yeah, so. I'm only going with artists. There's no. Yeah, yeah I, I took it to like mean J- Jason Aaron and Jonathan Hickman, but. I think it's very interesting because Image was um, in those early founder days. They were all artists, and the industry had all right. gone very artist centric. And now I think you know we talked before that the pendulum had swung back, and it was a very writer centric. Well, look uh, at Images. I mean, Kirkman is larger than all of the rest of Image combined, and he's a writer, right? So yeah, yeah. he's sure. the first new partner they've added in, I mean, in ages. If, if the but, question you know, said new ultraverse, then yeah, I'd say writers. But <laughs> yeah, I think it was just the way the question was framed, kind of invites you to talk. is it gonna you know swing back where you know we're gonna see um, you know this this push more towards towards artists, and I think you know it, eventually it will. It just naturally will will swing back that way. Um, well, let's you know, take a stab at it. Hmm? Let's take a stab at this question real quick. Okay, who would you like to see, Jason? I got a name. You do? Let's do a couple. Yeah, we'll do a couple yeah, and build our yeah, own. I, mean, I definitely, like I said, I, I definitely want to see Eminem, Chung, Quapel, Scotty. I won't say Ryan since he's sitting here anyway and his head's already big enough. Um, love, well, and again, like guys like Brandon Graham super excite me, but he's already doing his own stuff, so I yeah. can't, you know, I can't include him. Um, uh, you'd love to see Gabe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I, that's that's five. I give you five. I, I got a pack. Um, 
Bicello. Now, yeah. are we sticking, like Chris said, more more towards the big two side, right? Yeah, I would so, think. Bicello, Keith Giffen, mm. uh, Scotty. I with the, with that, the gift because thing. well, give it because because that someone's got to be your Valentino, so that's fine. <laughs> Come on, Giffen's uh, is creative nice. as hell. Yeah, uh, so old as hell. So what? As, age as, is not as, a restriction. As Valentino was when he signed up. So it's, it's, that, that's true. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, that that uh, we'll go with Tom Scholey. Haha! Just to bring him, pull him back in, and uh, head up, Tom. That's right. And let's see, who else would I take? Um, Acuna. Matata? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Acuna stuff. You're funny. I am funny. What else? Uh, two, two guys that have done um, their fair share of you know, both creator-owned and, and indie stuff, um, but still, I, I would love to see them be a part of it, would be uh, Umberto Ramos and Eduardo yeah. Rizzo. Rizzo, that's a freaking great one. Yeah, um, and then um, some um, some guys that are that are you know, still definitely on the upswing would be um, Brent Schoonover. Mm-hmm. I would love to see part of that. Uh, Mahmoud, of course. Oh yeah. Mahmoud, yeah. Sorry, Mahmoud. Uh, we should have said you earlier. Yeah, I got I got my guys back. Um, and uh, and Robbie Rodriguez. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I'd say um, Somni. I'm stunned. Where did that come from? Field. Left field, right left there. Field. Nice, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, there was um, uh, Mark Brooks, Martin, Marcos Martin. That's that was my next one. There you go. He's, he's got private eye going on, but yeah, Paolo uh, Rivera, of course. Yeah, there was. Um, I, I do like the imminent. There's. Um, there was, and and yeah, you guys already mentioned the Chalo. So how I mean, about, yeah, how about you? Len Lenel Francis you. Yeah, now yeah, yeah, with the stuff he's doing on Hulk. I mean, he's always on Hulk. I mean I I enjoy You guys were right on that Hulk stuff. See, I read that. It's too hard cuz I love too many artists. Like oh, now, yeah. well, that, like, that, now it's turned into Burnham, Fowler, Ramon Perez. Chris, wait, I I think we're glossing over something. You read The Indestructible Hulk? I read the yeah, I read the first 3 issues. Nice. You rock, dude. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I actually I jumped into a lot of uh, a lot of the Marvel now stuff. I got uh, the first uh, three issues of Age of Ultron, which Dude, are the really world. Oh, yeah. we have, open up we the garbage and dump them suckers circle, in there. Though. We've gone full circle. All I don't know. I think I, I don't. I don't know. I'm what, reading Bendis comics. I was just gonna say I don't. Chris didn't say what he thought of Age. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a pretty I think, high I tolerance. I, I think it's a. I think it's a little bit of a Terminator ripoff, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, okay. What? I, I, I read the first issue. I, what, I, I think that's a yeah. fair comment. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, 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 it's I, a hell of a lot. Of, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not creating like huge new ground. I mean, it's Days of Future Past meets the Terminator with the Avengers. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's not fucking Watchmen. Um, yeah. but I'm enjoying I don't, the hell out I, of I don't it. like to bring the negativity, but I, I, I have to be honest. Age of Ultron is poop. It's just, it's just complete, <laughs> really? it's complete poop. 
Yeah. You have Reed Richards saying, you know, gee, I wish I was nicer to Victor Von Doom back in college. Like, Reed, it's it's insane. And uh, I've read a ton of Marvel books. It's a a popcorn book. It's a popcorn book, and I'm having fun with it. Like I said, it's not not breaking new ground, but I'm enjoying it. it. I've read a ton of books in, in a short period of time just to get caught up, and there were only two stinkers. Let's not yeah. go there. We won't go there. One of one of them was Age of Ultron. Um, um, Aaron Cooter's on my uh, on my team too. So, well, in, in, in keeping with this, Daniel Sanchez asked the question of Ryan, um, and it's kind of tying to what we're getting at, but a little bit of a different angle. Ryan, he wants to know what are some of your favorite artists that you know aren't getting enough love, which I take to mean you know guys that you know you respect their work, but they haven't maybe gotten their big break yet, and you you'd like to see it happen. I don't want any of them to get their big break. Hilarious. They'll take your damn job. That's right. Um, that's difficult because, I mean, like I have my buddies that I talk with, like Ross Moe and uh, Patera and Tommy Patterson. Um, but, you know. Uh, I bought a Patera page at uh, Patera CCC. is tearing shit up. Yeah. They're all doing well, so. Yeah. Um. He, he too wants to come on the show, but we said he had to wait in line behind you. Yeah, well, don't have him on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're a little, a little mean there, Stegman. <laughs> Maybe Otto's in Stegman's body too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like mostly guys that I'm close, that I'm tight with. You know, like I think that uh, everybody that I know seems to be doing pretty well right now. So You guys all came up and did it. I'll say Don Cardenas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. There we go. Somebody's got a say. stiffy. Nice. <laughs> Too funny. Let's talk for a second about what a what a pain in the ass uh, it must be to, to work with Paolo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> He's such uh, a nice guy. I'll tell you what, I have had the uncanny ability of acquiring art from guys before Paolo signs them. <laughs> like, there's at least 20 artists that he reps that I bought art from directly before he signed them. Right. So, yeah, but you buy a lot of art, so chances are much higher that you're going to... No, 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 no. He, his, I mean, of the art I own, though, a good two-thirds of it are from people that he reps. He's, I think. He's got a good stable. He does. Yeah. He does. He's a. Uh, he probably. You said uh, that uh, I have to deal with him. Well, that poor guy has to deal with us, meaning me and my friends that are under his uh, company, and that is no no easy task. <laughs> I think I got. I think I got nine messages from him asking me to please send the original art that he needed from me before I went out and finally did it today. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't doubt it. It's like herding cats. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it really. Well, we're all used to, you know, like we don't have real jobs. We work in our homes, and then you ask us to do something as complex as going to the post office. <laughs> like, wow, that's a lot of work, Paul. Speaking of art, you were you obviously are conscious of it because you mentioned the joke about putting the tip of putting in known collectors into your inventory pages 
how conscious are you now that you know you're, you're let's be honest your art is selling well and it's you know you've you've got some notoriety so you're making some nice cheddar off that like how 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 conscious of you are as you're drawing or out out you know outlining a story of, of that issue of that fact like you know mi- minimizing the inventory pages minimizing the you know the the like does that come into play at all even subconsciously you think like to make sure there's at least like one square with Spidey's Spidey's you know mask in it or you know that type of thing or is it just sort of you know, I'm think sure about it. it kind of does, but I don't think I don't let it come into play that much. The one thing that I will say is that sometimes when you're when you're trying to punch up a moment in a book, and you're like, "What can I?" You know, like you, you it is it's a good thing to think. How can I make something that's going to sell? Because that means that you've tapped into something. You've found the iconic sure. image. So that I think that's a legitimate way to look at it, if it's if it's in certain moments. But I don't, you know, like I don't think about it. Um, I try not to let that dictate how I do things. But um, you know, you, you definitely. But uh, there's also things about um, people wanting to buy certain pages that makes you. Uh, I guess I guess that it's the. It's the difference between wanting to just sell the, being able to sell the page, and then wanting to sell the page for a ton of money. I think that's when, <laughs> that's when you would say, "Well, I'm going to subordinate all these other panels and make them small, even though the story doesn't call for it." That stuff I won't do, right? Uh, you know, to make more money on a page. But the idea that like I should probably find a way to show the front of Spider-Man anyway on a page uh, if he's if he's on the page. You know, like I'm, I don't want to draw him from the back. I'd like to find a way where I can get hit the front of the figure on the page is a good way to think about it anyway because it's Spider-Man, you know, like you should try to get him uh, on there. So that in that way it probably plays in, but in general I would say it, it's not a huge factor. I had to laugh, again, this was a Ramos issue, but I was thinking to myself, he, he got to have all the Avengers in his yeah. issues. I was like, man, I'm like... Can't, can't hook a brother up? Can't Stegman draw the issues with with, nice. with Spidey battling the Avengers? That's <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. There's definitely um, everyone like when they told me um, the 2099 story arc. I was just kind of like, there's going to be a lot of stuff that sells in that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you did get to draw the Rogues Gallery in issue number nine. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yep. and uh, oh, and his family. Yeah, no, I love that issue. I, I believe that when I turned that page in, Dan wrote and said, "Dear God, you're going to sell that page for a lot of money." <laughs> nice. Yep. But well, dude, uh, I can be honest, I'm looking at Cadence's site now, and almost all your superior Spider-Man pages are sold already. Yeah, they they go quick. It's it's nuts how fast because people just you know they like to buy the Spider-Man stuff. It's it's Spider-Man. Yeah, it's yeah. That's exactly it. It's Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a, like there's a you can there's a shorthand, and I know Chris can speak to this too. Like, I know you you're conscious of it as an artist, but because it's your stuff that you're selling. But I've just noticed as I've become, you know, uh, collected a lot more art. Like you, you can see the there's like a, a pricing shorthand, like a schematic, you know, and it's like an artist's prices maybe may range from exorbitant to really inexpensive depending on who they are and and, and 
what they've done and what their rep is, but but like the 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 relative pricing is you can kind of get a feel for it, you know, like covers, boom, splash page, two page spread, boom, you know, and then it's like it's like then you get the inventory pages are you know usually like a third to a quarter of the you know the the basic page, and it's like cost you you sort of get a sense for that, and then I have to say like I feel like Paolo's really good. I don't know how I can only assume he has to have some sway on all the guys with this because I find that he more than some of the other big time original art dealers really understands that like there's inventory pages that need to be priced significantly mm-hmm. below like major pages because they're not going to sell otherwise. And, yeah. and and sometimes a splash page just because of it, just because it's a splash page isn't necessarily a great page, but there are story pages that are fantastic and <laughs> and he he prices them accordingly. Yeah, I think that it's because I mean he was a he was a collector, you know. Mm-hmm. He was the way that I met. I I was the first guy that he repped, and it was because he was buying original art from me, and I was so bad at at selling him. Oh, I, I didn't like, know you were his first. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. He, he, was buying chair, stuff. he was buying stuff when I was doing Midnight Kiss, my first, <laughs> and uh, and I was just like. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. And then he started talking to me about it. And he seemed to know about a lot about all of it because he, you know, he had been collecting. And I was like, well, "Do you want to do this?" You know, and uh, he did. So from there, he started a whole business. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Nice. I created the monster. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do we have any other um, uh, live tweets for Ryan? Uh, let us see here. Uh, you know, I mean, we're getting a lot of the questions, but they all kind of converge on some of the things we've already covered. Um, just looking here to see if there's anything. I mean, Ryan's getting blamed for the Red Wings loss tonight, but again, he's not enough of a hockey fan to care about that. Mm-hmm. Dennis wants to know how much could a Stegman steg if a Stegman could steg steg. Dennis who? The Dennis uh, I don't Daniel know. Sanchez also asks, "Would you want? Would you rather draw Deadpool or Iron Man?" Which is a little wonky because you've drawn Deadpool, so I don't no, know. That absolutely, ever. Deadpool. Iron Man is the hardest character to draw ever, and <laughs> yeah, there is no part of me that wants anything to do with that. <laughs> Damn losers. So, so in in the question, what is the what is the uh, ultimate title that you want to draw? Of Iron Man is is not it. It might be the lowest on the totem, even nice. though. I- All right. And I, I actually enjoyed reading Iron Man as a kid. It's just I try to draw that, especially now. Like the old costume, was, you could you could handle, but I like to. I don't like to have to um, reference so much that it that it stymies my creativity when I'm working. Like to kind of visualize it and go for it. And the costume. It, in the state that it's in now is so hard to draw um, without making sure that every component is just right that it it just I just can't can't imagine wanting to do that <laughs> uh, Mr. Joseph Freistuhler would like to know uh, what your favorite Spidey villain is um, well I really like Dr. Octopus which was convenient um, considering what I'm doing now. Uh, outside of that, I he has a Tombstone, great... Tombstone, clearly, right? Is your second. I, yeah, I may have drawn him in an issue. 
Um, he the, he has a Spider-Man has a great rogues gallery, and the best part is that they're all kind of. Um, I love drawing really ugly characters, and he tends to have really ugly villains. Uh, I like to draw because you get caught up in this thing where you're trying to do this, like make every all the characters look attractive, but then you get to draw these um, villains, and you just make them real. Like I just try to push it to the limit, you know, like they are just hideous. And uh, I really, I really get to play out the cartooning and animation influence and everything. And so, like, like Green Goblin is definitely one that I'd like to do at some point. And you know, Rhino is an awesome character and all that. You know, they're all cool. Green Goblin is is my my final answer. Fair enough. You get a lot you of goblins. Master, but so right. so if you <laughs> could, if you could invite two of the following to to dinner. Who would you invite? Um, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, John Romita Sr., and Todd McFarlane. Why are you doing this to me? Uh, I don't know if I'd invite Ditko, because he seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I don't think he'd be very fun to hang out with. Yeah. I think that that kind of might be kind of strange. Um, be a drag. Yeah, I... I mean, I'd like to get story if if we could, if we could get just like the Ditko that wants to talk about Spider Man, <laughs> and not Anne, and not Anne Rand. Yeah, then maybe then that would be on the list. But you know, definitely would love to meet McFarlane and um, obviously Stan Lee. It, it, that sucks though, because I would. Lo- I'm bringing them all to dinner. Screw it. <laughs> Stan could wait nuts. on the table. We'll just have Stan come over and bring your food. Seriously, it's one extra sketch in your sketch list at the con. You treat yeah. them all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. I, I can afford it. That's right. Hey, let's... You're about to, after we sign off, you're about to go to bed in, on, on your, your mattress made of C-notes. Exactly. How did you know that? I do my due diligence. Are you kidding me? Oh, boy. Well, checking the clock on the wall. It's time, brothers. It is? Yep. I got some Age of Ultron to go read. <laughs> that time would best be spent on something else. <laughs> uh, as usual, this mess has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Remember these titles. Best of Milligan and McCarthy, twelve forty nine. Dinosaurs Attack number one, dollar ninety-nine. Nowhere Men, Trade Paperback Volume One, four dollars and ninety-nine cents. The code is EOC eight. Digital previews for a buck twelve. And you can also be late and they won't care. In your travels. I'm gonna I'll make this short and I'll just say it's really good, despite what Jason may tell you some weeks down the line. It's a book that blurs the line between Marvel Max and the Marvel Universe, read Thunderbolts because it's excellent. It is so good. It's sloppy and gooey. There's an amazing amount of really explicit violence in it considering the team. You got the Punisher, you got Deadpool, Red Hulk, Venom, Elektra. It's a nasty, vicious, just disturbingly graphic book and I love it and it's smart. There you go. So go read Thunderbolts. By Daniel Way and the great Steve Dillon. Nice. Yeah. 
love me some Steve Dillon. Um, there is, and I, I think we're going to um, hear this kind of stuff um, a lot. There's a comic that is uh, available uh, only digitally right now before before uh, a paper comic. It is from. Uh, it is actually written and drawn by a, a good friend and good friend of the show, Gabriel Hardman. It is. Kinski number one. It is from Monkey Brain Comics. It is available on Comicsology uh, right now, and uh, the uh, the blurb is uh, frustrated with his dead end career as a chicken feed rep. Joe is looking for something. Turns out that something is a four month old black lab puppy named Kinski. Joe is going to save this dog. What at first seems like a simple rescue mission escalates into a righteous crusade. But crusades don't usually work out so well, do they? Kinski is written and drawn by Gabriel Hardman. So um, go and get it. It's at Comixology for a buck. Just a buck. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's a full-length comic, too. It's mm-hmm. it's it's 23 or so pages. And I, I, I told Mr. Hardman, I'm not quite sure how I feel about Joe right now. And, uh, and, and he, he says that, uh, Joe's not exactly making really good decisions. And I love this part. He tweets at me and he says, the only thing black and white in this comic is the art. And, wow, and it is, it, it is, I, it, and I mean, the book is beautiful, but it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a good choice for Chris for, uh, for in your travels. I have, I, I have a couple of thank yous. Oh, I got uh, one too. So Go ahead. Um, I'm going to just say I want to thank Mr. Cam Smalley for Batman Legends of the Dark Knight number 94. It is a story done by Michael T. Gilbert. Um, I was not aware of this issue, uh, and and so he uh, he sent it to me via Comicsology, and it's um, it, the framing sequence is, is is Gordon talking to Gotham uh, police officers, but. Uh, there are people trapped in an elevator, and they're retelling stories of of Batman from back in the day. And and Gilbert draws in the style of um, of say Dick Sprang or Neil Adams or uh, it, it's Bob Kane, and and it, it's it's a fun uh, fun one done in one. Legends of the Dark Knight story. Uh, I also have to thank Ibrahim uh, Mustafa for. The third issue of High Crimes, I, I read two and three today. Uh, I'll go into detail next week on, on that. That's also from Monkey Brain. Uh, after the, I read the first issue, and it just it each issue keeps keeps getting better. And I forgot to mention it last week, uh, but I want to um, let everybody know that Mr. Eric Williams had me on the Plain Label podcast. The, the pod shots star trek episode uh and that was released last week so um that's available and and as far as in your travels i'm going to say you should read avengers arena mm. nice cool uh real quick i gotta thank you to mr bad art dog aka adrian lee nice. who was generous and kind enough to send me uh savage pencils trip or squeak book and it's it's so good uh i'm not all the way through it yet uh but i will be bringing that uh, to the table some uh time soon so thank you mr lee it's awesome it's really good yeah uh i i don't have a thank you per se but i have a shout out to 
one of our faves, Mr. Jim Rugg. Yeah. Uh, a, a month or two ago, um, Jim and I were chatting, and we were talking about mashups, and I joked that, like, because he had drawn a whale for something in an art show. And as you guys know, I love whales. Mm-hmm. So I said, dude, it would be a dream for me to see Aphrodisiac versus Moby Dick. And he said, that is a brilliant idea, and then went about drawing it. Oh, that's hilarious. And so he has a 22 by 30 original Holy piece that crap. is yeah. Moby Dick versus Aphrodisiac, which he then posted and said, dude, I drew this because you gave me the idea. To which then I said, I need this piece. It has to be mine. And he's like, well, I, you know, I, I have an art show coming up this summer in August, so I'm going to keep it for that. But, you know, I'll let you know if I want to get, you know, if I want to get rid of is it, it. Is it on his site? Uh, yeah, I'll post a link to it. Yeah, he's he's Thank he's you. shown it. But long story short, he we talked this weekend. Uh, it it is mine. It, as soon as the oh, art show's over, he's cool. he's mailing it to me. So I cannot freaking wait. It's yeah. awesome. It's it beautiful. is so awesome. But um, Chris actually stole my inner travels. Oh really? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, no, I stole mine too. But but oh. I have another one that that I was gonna maybe. It's on my list of things to talk about when, whenever we get back to talking. I go second. Comics. You guys need to always come with a backup. It's true. Yeah. I have a backup, and that is uh, Bedlam. Uh, in your travels, read Bedlam. It's it's by Image Comics, um, co-created by Mr. Nick Spencer and Mr. Riley Rosmo, who I am a, a well-established fan of. Uh, and then this new arc, the second arc, is going to be drawn by none other than Mr. Ryan Brown. Uh, this Sweet. is a story about a former disgusting serial killer named Matter Red, who has recreated himself as a uh, as a do-gooder uh, by the name of Fillmore Press, and there is just uh, it's it's a look into the seedy, disgusting underbelly of the human psyche. And I just read the first arc in trade and enjoyed it thoroughly. Rosmo's did a killer job, and I'm sure that uh, Ryan will follow suit. So um, I'll probably talk about it at some point down the road. But uh, in the meantime, give it a read. I got that coming. Cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed it a lot. So, Mr. Stegman, what should they read? Superior Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man. That's about it. There you go. All right. Short and sweet. I actually, I, I will say, I don't keep, I don't keep up on comics. I read a lot of them, but I just read them in big, huge runs in a row. Like I, I never, I'm never current. Unfortunately. Me Do you either. Get uh, comped? Do you get comps? No, I get comps of the books I do. Not, not like DC. DC like gives you everything. Yeah, because <laughs> they can't yeah, sell them. Mar- Marvel's dead. Oh, I'd rather sleep with the hot. Uh, uh, sorry hey everybody uh, thank you so much for being here and we gotta thank our guest Mr. Stegman because he's awesome go out there seriously read Superior Spider-Man because it's very very good yeah not blowing smoke up your ass but it's pretty exceptional work dude you should be really proud if you're not congratulations on all the success man it's awesome to see well deserved and I, I, I would be remiss if we let you go without the. What's you got any new? Uh, fit? You and I have talked over the years about sort of different things we've done to to stay in shape from running the P ninety X to all that. Like, you got anything you're doing now that's uh, adding to the routine? No, I'm just I'm just running right now because it's summer. I lo- I I can't 
I can't do the indoor exercise stuff in the summer. I got to be outside. It's the only chance I get to get out since I'm in the studio all day. It's true. So I, get, I, go ahead. Did you guys see the um, the wristbands that are popular now? Yeah, you mean like Fitbit? And yeah, Fitbit's awesome. I got to oh, get yeah, me one of them. Fitbit. Yeah. Did yeah, you? I, I carry one. Did you? Uh, um, like opinions? I like it. I, I think that it's an interesting thing because on those days that I don't have time to exercise. I realize I've realized how inactive I can be on those days um, because I'm sitting around doing you know work all day, and uh, so I've found that I will go out of my way to just kind of uh, take some extra steps uh, where I can, you know, so that the days that I can't actually do exercise, I I'm reason more reasonably active rather than completely inactive. Right? Oh, yeah, they're actually hard to get. Uh, you can't. No one over here has them. The, I don't. I don't have the wrist one. I have like a belt clip one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good steal my wife's. There's going to be. I mean, there's a, like these biometric type of. Thing. We're going to see very rapid advancement. Like by this Christmas, there's going to be. There's going to keep iterating. They're going to get better and better in terms of what kind of you know tools that you can have to help you track your you know both your fitness and your your. Your sleep, your nutrition—it's only going to get better from here, and it's going to—it's going to innovate rapidly. So, so you think I yeah. should wait? Not necessarily, because you know the one thing nice that's nice about it is it's—it's it's, it's all software-driven, so they're not really constrained by the hardware. I mean, it's—it's it's just that the software that they use and the—the the, you know—it's going to be get better and better. So you can get one now and just just upgrade the software when it's a new version comes out. Cool. That's what I'll do. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for Thanks, listening. Ryan. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Oh, nice, buddy. Long overdue. Yeah. About time is what I meant to say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back here next week. We love you so much. And call nice. David. And if you want me to buy a page, draw Domino in it, Ryan. I'm going to draw you and Chris. You guys are going fight it, to fight it to the death. <laughs> I might buy, I might let Chris buy that page, but if you draw um, a guest appearance of Domino, I would buy the whole issue. All right. The domino is also going on the same page. <laughs> oh, then, all right. Nice. <laughs> you know, he has more money. Whatever it takes. Nice. I don't need more with you. With you tr- trade? You're the art. You're a savvier uh, art dealer than I am. I just had one one nice little <laughs> nice little turn there. That's true. So. See, my problem is I never trade or sell things. I just I know. Acquired. I have I never sold a I've comic seen. or a piece of art. Or traded one for that matter. I've I've actually traded a couple. I, I I traded I traded up for that John Byrne page, and then uh, and then and then yeah, the one that you're you're referencing. I uh, bought and sold uh, low and high, which was good. At the rate Ryan's going, I might be able to trade in that Deadpool Wall Street one for like a original. <laughs> that, that 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 would be kind of a douche move. <laughs> <laughs> True to form. I don't know if Ryan would be upset with it, but Chris would be. <laughs> Say goodnight. I would never do that. It's like the perfect game. Uh, my I, favorite character sitting on top of the Wall Street Bullets. Like, perfect. That's you. Bye. Night all. Shoot my bad, Vince. Oh. What? Jesus. <laughs> all right, Chris. Oh, now you cut me quick. Uh, that is good. Boy. Good. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, Mr. Stegman. When I was young, I did.
Thank you.